Hi, this is Wendy from Team Johnson. Today's review is by DCC817 titled Life Changing. Shalina has helped me make so many positive changes in just one month since I discovered her podcast. I'm listening to as many episodes as I can. Menopause has been tough for me mentally and all these little tidbits that she sprinkles in make a huge difference. Best one, give yourself a break and speak to yourself with kindness. Thank you, Shalene. XO. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Hey, thanks for listening to this edition of The Shalene Show. So after I did the episode last Friday on the subject of ADD and ADHD, which by the way, if you did not listen to that episode, you can go back and listen to that now. I will place a link to it in our show notes. In that episode, I interviewed Dr. Daniel Amen, a renowned expert on the topic of ADD. After that episode aired, Brett was inundated with questions on like, okay, so what tips do you have for those of us who are married to someone with ADD? And Brett prepared like this little thing on Instagram, which was kind of funny. And I posted it up to my stories and people were like, this is actually super duper helpful. Could he do an episode on it? So I think it is important for you to hear from a spouse or someone who's learned to deal with someone they love who has ADD or ADHD. And that might be your child. It might be your significant other who has it. It might be your boss. It could be a brother or sister or sibling, a best friend. I think this should be really helpful. I told Brett, I'm just going to you know, let you go in the podcast room. I'm going to let you just be honest and share your thoughts and feelings and all that good stuff because I think it'll be helpful to people. So before he takes over, I just want to say this. I know it's not easy. I know it's a pain in the butt. It's a pain in the butt to have this kind of a brain. And finding out, being diagnosed, and actually having my brain scanned with a spec scan was I mean, it was just like eye-opening, but it was also one of those things where it's like, yeah, I knew it, but it's still really reassuring to go, oh, I'm not crazy, or I'm not dumb, or I'm not deficient. I just have a different kind of brain, and this is how it works, and here's where the blood flow is. Like, it was so cool to be able to see where my brain gets blood flow and where it doesn't, and realizing that's just my makeup. Some of it I can't control any more than I can control the fact that I have green eyes. They're not blue. They're green. You know what I mean? But there are a lot of things I can learn to cope with in much the same way if you are blind, and I'm not comparing ADD to being blind or deaf, but to having any, I guess you could say, impediment or disability or disadvantage or condition, you just You learn to cope. You learn to manage it. You learn to be your best despite it. And it's really important that you not use it as a crutch or an excuse. And sometimes I joke about it and then I think to myself, probably sounds like I'm making up excuses. And I don't ever want that to be the case because ultimately I am responsible for me. And there's a whole bunch of things that I can just learn to be more organized. I can learn to just better manage myself and to better communicate my needs so that we can get along better. But most importantly, if you have ADD, your brain works so differently than someone who doesn't. 
as hard as it is for you to understand someone who can remember everything and can focus on 95 things at once, as hard as it is for you to understand how their brain can do that, it's equally, if not more so difficult for them to understand why your brain can't do that. It feels very personal. It feels very disrespectful when you've been told something and your significant other or your a parent says, this is very important. Now, don't forget you need to do this. And then you forget to do it. It feels very intentional. It feels personal. And it can be incredibly frustrating. I've seen it end marriages. I've seen children, like their confidence destroyed because a parent believes that this child is being defiant. A healthy dose of understanding can go such a long way. I mean, we've come a long way in our marriage, and I really hope that this episode is helpful for you. If not in your marriage, maybe in an important relationship with someone you love. And without further ado, my husband, the patient saint, Brett Johnson. Hey, it's Brett Johnson. I'm going to go over some of the tips and some of the things that have helped Shaleen and I with her ADD and just being the person on the other side. It's been a journey. I don't know if you know this or not. Shaleen didn't get diagnosed with ADD until we were probably married for, I don't know, like 18 years, 19 years, maybe 20 years. So there was a lot of years (laughs) that I had to figure this out by myself. So anyway, here we go. Here's the first thing. You have to learn to be very, very patient like next level patient, because a lot of times you're going to have to repeat yourself or you're having a conversation and they're not ready for the conversation. And this is stuff that is still going on. Like I will start having a conversation with her and she'll look up and she'll go, can you stop and repeat all of that? Cause I was somewhere else like thinking about something else, you know, and I'm just used to it now, but let's say your spouse or your partner hasn't been diagnosed with ADD, you could look at this as just like the most like inconsiderate, self-serving, selfish way of acting. But because I just knew that that was part of her and we used to joke about it. So like even when, before she got diagnosed, she was like, I just have ADD. I just can't think like you do. I can't manage 15 things in my brain like you do, which is very ironic because that's the way my brain works is like, I can have a lot of things on my brain. I can have a lot of activities going on. I can have lots of stimulation around me and I can still like perform. But for her, it's just one thing at a time and you just have to be patient with it. You have to have a next level of patience, not like patience that you have with a child because you know, it's your child and you have to have patience, but with your spouse, it's just a different level, but you got to work at it. A lot of these kind of go hand in hand. So they're not really like step one, step two, step three. So if you're taking notes, it's not really like that. A lot of them blend into each other, but I really want to just emphasize, you know, key things. So you really patient. Your next thing is expect to repeat yourself a lot. Like, you know, I said that when you're patient, because obviously if you're repeating yourself over and over and over again, you got to have some kind of patience. And, you know, and she understands sometimes if, like, if I get frustrated too, because she has to, it has to work both ways. Like, so just because, you know, she has ADD and, you know, sometimes I have to repeat myself or I have to be patient. She also understands like, and she'll say it, she'll go, oh my gosh, I can't believe what a saint you are. You're so, you know, you're so patient with me. And I know it can be frustrating when you have to repeat yourself. I know you just told me those dates yesterday, but I need another tip. Another example is 
don't take it personal. I think I said this in my opening. They're not trying to do it. They're not trying to forget things. They're not trying to tune you out. It's just the way their brain works. And the quicker you get to that resolve, the better your relationship starts to become. You start to learn kind of like how to communicate better and when to communicate. So for instance, if Shalene is on her cell phone or if Shalene is on her laptop or if she's like down looking at like a calendar and trying to plan stuff out, here's what I do. I'm going to give you a tip. I'm going to say, hey, hon, when you're done doing what you're doing, could I get you for a second just so I could ask you a couple questions? That's it. So when you see that they're occupied, do not blurt out the question or a response or a statement or something that they have to remember. That is the worst thing that you can do is when they are focused on what they're focused on right now is for you to give them more content that they have to absorb, more information that they have to absorb, some kind of date, some kind of don't ever give them anything valuable, like that something like they have to be somewhere at a certain time or they can't miss this appointment or, you know, anything like that when they're in their own zone doing whatever they're doing. It's not that they're trying to drive you crazy. It's just the way their brain works. And as soon as you get to the point where you know that that's the case, the better. You start developing your own habits with kind of like talking to them. It's kind of funny that, you know, we're talking about this is like you really have to learn to communicate with your spouse all over again. If, for instance, if, you know, you were dating and you just thought that, oh, this was maybe like a pattern or, you know, she's going to grow out of it or he's going to grow out of it, but they're not, you know, until they get diagnosed with it and get some kind of help. They're not. They're not going to be able to remember things and they're not going to be able to focus on more than one thing at a time. The other thing you cannot do, don't shift topics on them. Like you can't be talking about, hey, we're going this weekend, we're going to go see our son Brock play that. UC Davis, but first we're going up to LA because we have this meeting and this podcast. And hey, do you remember we were going to talk about doing that evaluation of that employee? Their brain is just, it's too much. You really have to focus on one specific topic at a time and to be really precise and like almost like go over and beyond like communicating it and making sure like they totally understand the concept that you're talking about and the topic. So Shalene, especially when we talk about something really serious and whether it's business or personal or, you know, with the kids or anything, when we're talking about something really serious, like she does it with everything else. She'll like put her phone aside, put her laptop aside and just like focus on us. She'll get her out her pad of paper because a lot of times, and I don't know if this, because I, I don't have this. She's, she looks at me all the time and says, aren't you going to get a pad of paper and write this stuff down? I'm like, Sure, because I know that helps her because that gives her anxiety if somebody else isn't writing it down, but I really don't need to. I can remember two or three things. I can remember dates. You know, I usually just put them in my phone. She gets pad and paper and writes things down. So it might be a suggestion if you know your spouse or your partner has ADD, whether they're diagnosed or not, they just have a tendency to forget, is that when you're having a serious conversation and going over topics that, you know, suggest that they get their out their journal or their notepad so that they can take notes so that they can always refer back to it. Know this about them. Periodically throughout the day, they need to, not that they want to, they really need to daydream and just kind of like space out. Shalene always talks about how she works best at a certain 
hours of the day and it's usually her creative vibe is between like 11:30 and two o'clock in the afternoon so 11:30 a.m to about two o'clock p.m and it's not that that's the only time that she works but that's when she gets really creative and you know i know that so when she's in that creative space i don't bug her and a lot of times what they'll do either beforehand or afterwards is they'll just kind of need like daydream time and just space out time and kind of alone time just to kind of decompress. I'm just telling you this. I don't have that. I'm just relaying what I've seen for the last 30 years that Shalene and I have dated and been married. So they definitely need to daydream. They need to space out. And Shalene just says she just needs it for a peace of mind. Like it's just part of her every day that she needs to be able to do that. Okay. Now, this is very important. If you live with somebody that has ADD, they tend to forget times. They forget, you know, just they kind of space out. Like, for instance, if you tell them, you know, we're leaving at five o'clock PM because we're going to dinner, they don't hear that. So what they do is they know they have to go up and get ready for dinner, but there'll be lots of distractions. So they're easily distracted. Like, I can't tell you how many times like I've walked upstairs and Shalene was supposed to be getting ready for dinner and she's sitting on the bed, like just listening to a podcast. She just gets so into the podcast. I'll walk up, I'll go, hun, we're supposed to leave in five minutes and you're still in the same clothes that you were when you came up here. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. So you almost have to keep an eye on them. And here's the best tip. And I'm not the greatest at it because I don't know. And I don't try to set her up for failure. I just, sometimes I will only give her like a 15 minute buffer when we have to leave, but you always have to give a time that you're kind of fibbing, that you're lying. And for instance, like if dinner's at six and it's a 20 minute drive, so you have to tell them at least we have to leave by 5.15. That gives you about 25 minutes to that, you know, things could happen and that's about a minimum. So I, I would think like anywhere from like 30 to 40 minutes is good whenever you can. Now, sometimes it gets hard because like she knows we're not going out to dinner, you know, she knows what time dinner is and then you just tell her, oh, we gotta be ready by five. And she's like, no, we don't. So you have to be kind of tricky about it and you gotta remind them how long the drive is because that's another thing that they do. They forget drive time. They forget the little things. They just think that like, oh, because I've seen Shalene put together, and it's really funny, and I don't know if you guys have seen this before with your spouse or partner. I've seen Shalene write down times, and she'll calendar out her whole day, and she won't put drive time in between any of the stops. So, like, she'll have, like, a doctor's appointment, and then she'll be, like, I've got to be at the office, and then i got to be here for a podcast, and then i got to be here to, you know, whatever. And, like, she doesn't put drive time in, so she'll go, like, two to three, and then, like, her next appointment is at... 3.30, but she won't put any drive time between the two places. So you got to watch out for that. It's hard for them to get that whole concept of time. And it's been something that we've worked at our entire relationship, marriage, and we still do it as we speak tonight on this podcast. We're getting ready to take a trip and I'm trying to reverse engineer her time and then also the time that we're scheduling a car to pick us up. So I have to do two schedules. I have to do the actual time that the Uber driver is going to show up to pick us up and then I have to do her time. So it's kind of confusing, but I can handle it. Bottom line is you have to lie to them and tell them the wrong time so that you can be on time. I've touched on this one a couple of times already, but I think it's very important just to make it like its own clear point is that you don't want to give your spouse 
your partner, any details they don't need. Give them the bare minimum. Like, we're going to the movies. Don't tell them, like, we're going to the movies, but we also might do this afterwards, and then this might happen afterwards. It's just give them, to give them the details where they're like, okay, we're going out, we're going to the movies, so they know how to, like, dress or whatever. But if you start throwing a bunch of other things on, like, this might happen or that might happen, it just confuses them. So just make sure that you give them the details that they need. You don't give them all the side details. And actually, I just thought of a better example is if, for instance, we're traveling this week and we're traveling with other people that are coming from a different area. There's the details she doesn't need to know. She needs to know our travel itinerary. She doesn't need to know the other people's itinerary. So if I was traveling, I was like, so our friends are meeting us from so-and-so and then we're going to all meet at this car and then we're going to, she doesn't need to know all that. I've got all that coordinated. You just got to lie to her about the time, get her in the car, get her on the plane and get there. You don't need to give all the extra little details and such. That's not necessary and they don't know what to do with it. And it's just extra room in their brain they don't have. So don't do it. Other thing, when you want to have a conversation with them, and this is something that you have to really adapt to because, you know, you have kids, you have a television going on, you have, you're making dinner, there's lots of chaos and stuff. If you really want to get a point across to them and you really want to have a serious conversation, you got to get rid of all that noise. You got to get rid of all those distractions so that, you know, it's a quiet room. Maybe there's a TV on in the background, but I wouldn't even do that. I would go to a quiet room if it's something really important and, you know, sit them down and talk to them and like, you know, go over everything that we just talked about. Don't give them too many details. Tell them exactly what you want to talk about. Don't give them five things that you want to talk about. So make sure that when you're going to have these conversations with them and it's something very important to you that they remember that you get rid of all the clutter, all the noise, all the distractions so that they can focus on what you're talking about. So here's one that's kind of fun, also can be kind of annoying at the same time. If you ever go to the movies with them or you're watching Netflix or you're watching a show and the show is more than 10 minutes long, there's a good chance that you're going to have to talk to them through the movie. Like I don't think I've ever seen a movie with Shaleen or a documentary that there isn't a pause, a rewind at home so that she could get that stuff or, you know, get the information correct. Or she just says, okay, what just happened? What's going on? Why is that person doing that? And a lot of times it's almost habit because we'll be doing it at a movie theater and I'll go, I don't know. I didn't write the movie. I have no clue what's going to happen. And they haven't introduced that character yet or that theme. So sometimes it can be kind of funny because it's just like almost like habit. She's almost expecting like, why do I not know this? Everybody else probably knows this. And most of the time at a movie, it hasn't even been introduced. So she's just trying to get ahead of the movie, which is kind of funny. Sometimes I'm like, I'll just, she'll ask me a question. I'll go, they haven't said anything yet. And then she's like, oh, okay, okay. But more times than not, we're watching a documentary. We got to stop and rewind and replay it. Or just, I have to give like some play by play. So that can be kind of fun and funny and annoying all at the same time. This one makes me kind of laugh because Brock, our son, which I don't think he has ADD, but he's kind of picked up on Shalene's habit of she misplaces. She doesn't lose things all that much. I, I'll say 15% of the time it's a straight out. It's like she just lost it. Like it's gone. And then the other 85% of the time, it's just like it's been misplaced. It's in somewhere where like literally like a month later, she'll like reach in her pocket and there, you know, there it will be. 
we did this with when we were moving from one house to another, she had misplaced her wedding ring and she didn't know where it was. And I was like, there's no way you lost your wedding ring because you wear it all the time. And the only time you take it off is when you like self tan or you put on lotion and you take it off just for a second. And so it's usually in our bedroom, right? And so we were probably only married for like five or six years. So we didn't have like, you know, ton of money just to go out and buy another wedding ring so we just kind of i thought that it was in the house and so did she and so we were packing to move to the new house and i got a phone call and she says guess what i found i said what did you find and she goes i found my wedding ring it was in a dresser drawer like it had fallen in the dresser and it was like in the back so you know it's like stuff like that like so she put it probably on the top of the dresser and she probably put some clothes on top and it just kind of slid in there so you know but that happens all the time more times than not like i i misplace things every once in a while but i kind of know right where they're at but for her the it'll go you know, two, three, four, six weeks before she figures out where it's at and stuff like that. But it doesn't bother her. And if it bothers you, you better get used to it because it's going to happen. They like to misplace things a lot. And a lot of times they think you know where it's at. And a lot of times I do because I've been with her for so long, I can like reverse engineer her steps and I usually find it. And Brock does the same thing. Like I said, I want to finish that thought. Brock does the same thing. And our other child, Sierra, she's more like me. We're like, we don't lose things. And if we know where, like, we can really retrace our steps and go, okay, this is where it's at. And it's usually right there. I just want to tell you one thing. You need to practice this phrase. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. Because they'll start talking. And then all of a sudden, the next thing, they'll be onto some other thing. And you'll be like, wait a second. I didn't get that whole thought. That wasn't a whole thought. There was not a beginning, a middle, and an end. We stopped like in the middle and where's the end? So make sure that you, you know, you're going to say this a lot. You're going to be like, finish your thought, finish your thought, honey. I'm going over a lot of points here and your spouse or partner might not have all these, but, and they might have some of them. And then some of them might be like, wait a second, my spouse doesn't do that, which is cool. I'm just kind of like laying out like all the things that we've gone through over the last 30 years. So, you know, it's just kind of helpful if, if any of these tips can help or just maybe enlighten yourself a little bit on your spouse and, you know, take it easy on them a little bit and know that, you know, they're not trying to do any of these things, but these are just some tips to like, you know, help you cope with it, but definitely be ready for this one. They can get lost in an activity and lose all hours of the day. I mean, literally I've left to go to the office and come back five hours later and Shaleen is in the same spot in the same clothes as she was when I left and almost doing about the same thing that I left. Cause she just can get like so focused on one thing. And it's almost like just going down like a tunnel and she just keeps going and going and going. And it, she gets so into it. And if it's something that she's really like doing research on or something, forget about it. Like she, she could get lost five or six hours easy. There's been many nights where I know that like, I go, hey, hon, I'm going up to bed. Are you going to follow me? And she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll be right up. And, it, you know, and two hours later, I sense that she's getting in bed. And the next day, I was like, what happened? She's like, oh, I got doing this. And then I saw this. And then I just, I, you know, it, that's what happens. They can just get so focused on something that they lose track of time, right? And they know they got to go to bed. They just lose all track of time. This one goes kind of hand in hand with whole losing things. Just 
if you know that you're leaving someplace that there was, you know, they had their laptop, they had their car keys, they had their wallet, they had their purse, they had whatever they had, right? Just get in used to just going, hey, did you remember? And just start rattling down the list because this has saved us so many headaches of, you know, having to go back to a restaurant or go back to a hotel or go back anywhere and like try to figure out where we lost it or where it is, or hopefully it was turned into lost and found. So just kind of getting that habit of, you know, when you go places, just making sure that you ask all those questions, you know, Hey, did you remember everything? You remember your ID? I don't think I ever go on a trip now with Shaleen where I'm like, okay, do you have your ID? Do you have your credit cards? Do you have this? Do you have that? I just run it down real quick. And she's like, yes, yes. And she's created all kinds of lists. She's really good at like she knows that she has it. So, and she knows what helps her and making a lot of lists. So she has like a list for everything for going on trips and, you know, just everything. She's got a list for everything. So if you ever need a list, I think she's shared some of her like packing lists and stuff like that with y'all, but she has a list for everything. Make sure that like, if there's anything like really, really important documents or anything like that, that you, you know, and you explain to them, make sure that you keep those in a private spot. So like all like our really, really important documents, like our passports and, you know, trusts and deeds and will and all that kind of stuff like that. I'm the one that (laughs) I know where all that stuff is. I've told her before and it's in our one password. So she could look it up and figure out where it's at, but I know where all that stuff is. So just make sure that if it's anything really important, that she's not the one keeping, you know, dibs on it and figuring out where to put it and all that kind of stuff like that. You should do that. I want to end this by saying I really felt kind of uncomfortable doing this just because I love her to death. She's my bride and, you know, I love her for who she is, but it's almost because who she is, it's like this wild ride. Like you just never know what's going to happen. And she's got all this different curiosity and excitement and you just kind of like never know which direction she's going to go as soon as I figured out like this is her it's a ton of fun I mean we have so much fun I've just learned to live with it and it's kind of like you just take the good with the bad I wouldn't trade it for the world I love her to death and it's a lot of fun If you're lucky enough to have somebody that has ADD and can't focus all the time on what you're doing, but they're really creative type people and they come up with great ideas and they're very spontaneous, they're just fun to be around. At least Shalene is. She's a blast to be around and I wouldn't change anything for the world. So I hope this helps you guys. I hope this helps people out there that have a spouse or a partner that have ADD and, you know, just look at it in a different light. It's not the end of the world. It's just like, you just have to learn to cope with it and you can, and you can make things great. Take some of these tips and start practicing them because it won't change overnight, right? You won't be able to just adapt all these things overnight, but if you are consistent with it, you'll start getting your own patterns and you'll figure this out yourself and you'll have your own game plan. Thanks a lot for uh, tuning in and listening. And I'm sure Shalene will be back on here to end it, but thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Well, I haven't listened to the whole episode, but I've just listened to a few little pieces. Oh my word. Wow. Gosh. I don't know how I feel about this episode, but it's the truth, you know, and I think Obviously, we get along beautifully, and it has a lot to do with Brett's patience. It has, <laughs> I mean, guy, I feel like I quite the burden. Sheesh. Didn't know it was so 
much work. I really, I feel like a problem child over here. Hmm. And the funny thing is, in my mind, I've done like so many things to cope with my ADD and I've created all these like little rituals and habits and techniques to just deal with it. Because as Brett said, I didn't get diagnosed until I was, I don't know, 45 years old. But I, I always knew that my brain didn't work kind of the same way other people's did. But you have to remember, a lot of us have this type of brain and it's about blood flow. It's about the way your brain takes in and processes information. So I don't necessarily think that it's a bad thing, but it can feel very foreign. It can feel difficult to understand if you don't have ADD. In much the same way, there are things about Brett's brain. You know what I should? I should do an episode with how to deal with someone who's super organized, always early, never forgets freaking anything and how annoying that can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's not that easy to deal with either. Let me tell you, I'm married to like a human stenographer. You try winning an argument with someone who has insane memory recall, can like play back the tape. It's impossible. So there are pros and cons to both, but geez louise. I mean, the bottom line is this, you know, you are different from your significant other. And I know Brett talked a lot about his wife, but I hope this episode was really helpful to you if you have a child or a brother or a sister or even a mother or a father who has ADD. Of course, it's more common in men and boys than it is in women, but it is hereditary. So it's very likely that if you have it or if your spouse has it, it's very likely that one or both of your kids have it. So, you know, I just really hope that this episode has helped many of you. And I don't know how far to go into this topic. I don't know how prevalent it is. So if I hear from a whole bunch of you that you'd like to have an episode from me explaining all the different ways that I've learned to cope with it, which I did for the first 45 years of my life. And obviously, I've had a lot of success, but it also created a lot of failure and a lot of self-doubt and a lot of, I don't know, feeling like I was dumb. There's something wrong with my brain until I did learn how to cope and work around it. And since learning that I have ADD, then treating at the Amen Clinic. I've done so much to improve it. And then even just understanding how my brain, my particular type of ADD works, really helped our relationship because not that I would ever use it as an excuse. I really, I want to emphasize that. I think it's really important that you not use it as an excuse. It's not like, well, we're late because I have ADD. It's like, no, I have to learn how to manage myself better. I know I have this condition and it's my obligation to learn to manage it a little better and We have worked together to do that. I don't know that you would ever get that impression from listening to this episode, but I like to think that I have. It used to cause a lot of tension between us. I think that he used to believe I did these things intentionally or that it was me being disrespectful or selfish. And it's just a matter of me being more diligent about managing the condition, managing myself, really. We're all a work in progress. Anyways, if that's something you'd like for me to get into, I will. If I hear from enough of you, I will share with you what I've done to help heal and improve my condition, what I do to keep my brain and always improving my memory, because you definitely can do that as well. I will link to the show notes to the episodes I've done teaching you how to avoid being late. That's something I've worked on. And with his help (laughs) and by learning a lot of these techniques, I've learned not to be late. I'm not saying I'm never late, but I used to 
always be late. So I'll link to those episodes in the show notes and I'll wait to hear from you. If you'd like to hear more on this topic, we would be happy to deliver it. As always, I really appreciate your feedback. I so appreciate the reviews that you leave. And most importantly, thank you for subscribing. So steal your neighbor's phone, subscribe to the show, and then take a screenshot of it and send it to me on Instagram. Because you know what? You're just doing your part. When you subscribe to the show, it helps everybody out. All right. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Maybe you're trying to lose weight or just be healthy and feel confident and happy. In order to do that, you need a new way. Problem is, losing weight is hard, and keeping it off feels almost impossible. At the 131 Method, we've helped over 50,000 people find a new way, better way. Here's how this works. First, you start it. You do that by identifying what it is you want to work on first. Is it your weight loss? Is it gut health? Or do you just want to feel healthier all around? Then you pick a start date, log in and go. Step two, slay it. You'll get your meal plans and hundreds of delicious, simple recipes. And we'll also change up your eating plans every four weeks. That's going to boost your metabolism and it's called diet phasing. We'll help you personalize the process with our team of registered dietitians to make this something you can do for life. Then you own it. No more wasting time on fad diets. It's time to take control of your health, to heal your relationship with food and your body. We wanna help you lose the weight and keep it off. We want to help you to look and feel freaking amazing. So go to 131method.com and let's do this.